Welcome to Surfcast. Thank you for joining me. My guest today is Michael Chitwood. Michael's an author, speaker, humanitarian. He and his wife, Nanny, and their son, Cruz, are enjoying life to the fullest. Look out for Cruz. I think you're going to see him somewhere on Junior American Ninja Warrior. I don't know. We'll see. He's like awesome. Okay, guys, here's the deal. Mike is the founder of Team World Vision. Not World Vision, but Team World Vision, which is part of World Vision. That's a little wordy, but we'll get to it in just a minute. Hey, guys, join us for this conversation with Michael Chitwood. You will enjoy our time together. Michael, welcome to Surfcast. Thank you, man. We've been like three years trying to get this done, right? Trying to make it happen. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's like uh, we saw you at a Q conference many years ago, and now you're at Lee University, and you're doing chapel at Lee now and talking about world vision and all of that fun stuff. So thank you for taking time out between some business meetings and an upcoming two-hour run, you said, today. Is Something. that right? We're, we're going to try it. Two hours? Yeah. Come on, man. Who runs two hours? Well, lots of people. Yeah, you. I do. I do. <laughs> But not like um, as fast as you, but it's okay. So uh, Yeah, nobody said I was fast. Nobody said I was there fast. There you go. Yeah. Now, I dropped in on, on the, on the uh, opening comments. I dropped in about Cruz, and uh, this is your six-year-old son who mm -hmm. is incredible. And I don't know if I was prophetic or hoping or whatever, but American yeah. Ninja Warrior Jr., tell us about being the dad of a kid who is awesome. Well, this kid is the joy of my life. Yep. I've been married 20 years, and we waited a long time to have this kid, and he really is a miracle <laughs> child. He and my wife almost died during the birthing wow. process, and he is our only child, and he's the joy of our lives. So, yeah, I've been married 20 years with a six-year-old son, and he is my best buddy at everything. Yep. He is athletic. He's musical, so he's, he's into this ninja warrior stuff. Um, most recently got into rock climbing. We have a two-man band together where he plays the drums and I attempt to play the guitar. Uh, called I hear he's going to drop you out of that two-man band for it's over. I really am afraid that it, by the time he's 10, he's going to kick me out of the band because I'm no good on the guitar and he's already pretty good for a six-year-old on the drums. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Michael, let's, let's just dig into this thing. Now, recently you were at Lee University and you spoke in the chapel at Lee and you guys launched a phenomenal new program and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But... You know, when we get into these conversations, it's always fun for me to, to jump straight in to find out who somebody is mm -hmm. because people need to hear about our stories because our stories is what matters, right? So you wrote a book called um, The Ability to Endure, right? Yep. And a favorite quote that I like from you, you said, I wanted God to make it easy. Instead, he gave me the ability to endure. You know, bring us up to speed. So your mom, your dad, your mom, your dad, your two brothers are deceased. You're a young man. This was way too early in life. Yeah. Can you just kind of give us a, a little, bring us up to speed a little bit on where you are and kind of what's going on in your world? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I lost my dad when I was 25, very unexpectedly, and it really shook up my faith, shook up my world, and it was really that loss that led me to start Team World Vision and start running marathons um, and doing something about uh, the hurt that exists in our world, you mm -hmm. know? And I just came to this realization that there's often very little we can do about our own pain, but there's always something we can do to help others. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, unbeknownst to me at the time when we started Team World Vision 15 years ago, that in the years that would follow, I would lose both my older brothers, Dan and Dave, uh, both, uh, each of whom had four young kids. They oh, left wow. behind without their dad, young wives widowed. And then most recently just lost my mom a week before Christmas uh, in 2020. And so 
Yeah, that's really, you know, loss and pain has shaped my faith a lot. There's been times when early on in those losses where it felt like God was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. But then I've realized through my work with World Vision that, you know, uh, pain is part of this life. God Mm -hmm. does not promise us a pain-free life. And if we look at our heroes in the Bible, uh, their faith was forged in times of pain and heartache and suffering, right? Mm -hmm. Our heroes in the Bible didn't live lives of ease and comfort. And sometimes... I think here in in the United States in the church we tend to think that's what we can have. We right. can we can have it all. We can follow Jesus and have ease and comfort, and there's not going to be much pain in life. Um, but yeah, so that's that's shaped me a lot, I would say. And that that quote actually um, came from my brother Dan uh, mm. before he passed. Uh, we were doing an Ironman triathlon together. Yeah, uh, he had seen me doing the do the Ironman in 2006 in Wisconsin, and told me then. One day, Michael, one day I'll do an Ironman with you. I just don't have time for it. I'm a pastor. I got four kids. And two years later, he towed the line with wow. me. He, uh, he trained for it. And uh, he talks about, uh, he did a sermon on that Ironman. He talks about this point on the run where he locked himself in a porta potty. Hmm. And he was having this moment with God in a porta potty. Wow. Where he was saying, maybe I could just quit. And that's not a really cool place to have it's a It's not a good God. place. He, he talks about that. He says, God met me in a porta potty. <laughs> And, you know, uh, he said, God, I, I'm just going to quit this race. No one will know. Yeah. No one will care. And Dan had led a pretty, you know, we both had lost our dad at that point, but we hadn't lost our brother David, and so it was the four of us left. And had led a pretty privileged life up to that point, but he started to realize, he said, I started to realize how people give up mm. in life, mm. how they reach a point where they just can't go on anymore. And so that was a prayer he said. He said, I, I was praying for God to make it easy. Mm-hmm. And instead, he gave me the, the ability to endure. So that's where the title of the book came from, was this idea that that's what we want in life. When, when things are going hard, we often ask God, why can't you just make this easier for me? Right. Uh, but instead, he meets us in those places, and those are the, those, those hardships are what shape shape us Mm -hmm. you also talk about um an encounter you had where you met with god you know and i Mm -hmm. think you were talking earlier about this was a five-hour bike ride you're on a bike for five hours and god kind of spoke to you You now when people say god spoke to me you know i i mean i've heard god speak to me audibly and i've seen god speak to me through other people and through the word but but take our take our listeners you know on on this journey for just a minute on why were you out on the five-year bike ride and when god spoke to you what did he say to you and and um, how have you seen that promise come to pass now with uh, Team World Vision? Yeah. So uh, a couple of years before that bike ride, I, I had ran my first marathon um, and lost about 70 pounds training for the Chicago Marathon in 2003. And it changed my life so much, I said, I'm going to do something like this the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard about uh, the Ironman triathlon, 2.4-mile open water swim, 112 miles on a bike, uh, 26.2 mile run all back to back I said I got to do that yeah. and so I started training and so that's how I found myself out on the bike ride in the first place I was training for my first Ironman and I had an 85 mile bike ride to do that day wow. you know this is just uh, just a few years uh, four years after my dad had passed at this point and I had been searching when my dad died um, he had been a school teacher his whole life mm-hmm. then as principal so he'd worked in public schools his whole life his last three years of his life, he started doing global uh, missions work, mm-hmm. training teachers in developing countries around the world. And I had had the chance to go with him on one of those trips to Haiti. And 
I saw my dad come alive and living into God's purpose for him. Mm -hmm. And so when my dad died, I said, I am not going to be 60 years old before I find my purpose. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was doing youth ministry with Youth for Christ at the time. It was going great. But I didn't have this deep sense of calling right. that that's what my life was supposed to be about, was youth ministry. And so I had started this journey trying to figure it out. But for some reason, my mind was not going back to mm -hmm. Haiti and to this global poverty experience I'd had. So I'm out on this bike ride in the cornfields of central Illinois, you know, um, furthest I'd ever ridden in my life, mm -hmm. you know, probably by about 15 or 20 miles. I'm out there by myself. And when I say I had a, a vision, a conversation with God... Same. I didn't hear his voice, but he was with me. Sure. It was more like a vision. Wow. And it was a conversation. And I started seeing um, images in my yeah. mind. And I started seeing all these charity jerseys from the races I'd wow. been doing. And my mind started racing. I remember saying, oh, yeah, you can run these races and you can raise money for a yeah. great cause. But as I racked my brain... All the organizations that were coming to mind were all these medical research charities. Mm -hmm. You could run to raise money for cancer research. You could run against lung disease or mm -hmm. heart disease or liver disease or kidney disease. All these disease prevention, cures, right. research causes, all great causes. But as I racked my brain, I could not remember ever seeing someone at one of these marathons running for the most vulnerable children in their communities globally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was instantaneous, light bulb wow. moment. Michael, this is what I'm calling you to do. Nice. I raced home from the bike ride, literally threw my bike in the garage, drove to my office and started typing. And it was literally like God was just giving me the ideas. I was just writing them down on as fast as I could in this Word document. Mm -hmm. And over the course of the next few months, that began to take shape until eventually I pitched the idea to World Vision. What, you know, would you be interested in launching this thing? Mm -hmm. um, to help raise money for the kids and communities you serve. And it wasn't a little uphill battle. I had yeah. to like, but I met, the guy I ended up meeting with from World Vision was this visionary leader, Mike Mantel. Uh, he's actually now the CEO at Living Water International. One of the best leaders I ever worked for. And I'll never forget the first time I talked to him, I said, are you interested in this idea? Mm -hmm. He said, Michael, I'm interested in any idea that will bring more help to these kids. Mm -hmm. And so then whatever, five months later, I was on staff launching Team World Vision. Wow. Yeah. So when you say Team World Vision, yep. I mean, there's no joke about this. You guys have reached a million dollars, a hundred million dollars, mm -hmm. right, in 15 yep. years. Yep. And so what does Team World Vision do? Yep. So World Vision is, by m many measures, the world's largest Christian humanitarian sure. organization. So we're just over 70 years old. Uh, Bob Pierce was our founder. Um, really rich, awesome history of World Vision. But World Vision works to tackle the root causes of poverty mm -hmm. in communities all over the world. So when we started Team World Vision, uh, it was really this idea like, what if we could invite people like me who were not runners, who never had run in their life, invite them into the life-changing challenge of training for a marathon or a half marathon, triathlon, and not to just do it for their own benefit, but mm -hmm. to do it on behalf of of the children and communities served by World Vision. And so early on, uh, we decided like, let's narrow our focus. World Vision does all sorts of great work, disaster relief, water, microfinance, education, healthcare. Let's dial into water. You know, um, the, the number one preventable cause of death in America, mm -hmm. in the United States, is heart disease, right? Our health, the, the way we take care of ourselves. The number one preventable cause of death globally in the developing world 
is lack of access to safe water. Mm -hmm. So what if we could invite people to run marathons, get healthy, and invite their friends to give so that a child in another community around the world could have access to clean water? Mm -hmm. So... So that's, that's where we started. We started with 95 runners at the Chicago Marathon back in 2006. That was our first big team. Mm -hmm. And since then, uh, we've helped you know 50,000 people cross marathon and half marathon finish lines. We've helped another close to 80,000, 90,000 people do our global 6K for water. So what does that look like, right? So we've got a listener who's, mm -hmm. you know, by the way, we have listeners in probably, what, 39 countries, I think, now, okay. and, and uh, all of the states in the U.S. But 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 let's say somebody's listening to this, and they're like, hey, I want to do that. You know, I want to go I want to go couch the marathon. Yeah. You know, what, what do they do? What's this process? How does yep. this work? So for here in the U.S., mm -hmm. uh, teamworldvision.org, you can go on there and find all of the events we have official teams at. Most of the marathons and half marathons that we have a big team at, we are the largest charity there. Mm -hmm. Our flagship event is still the Chicago Marathon. 2019, before COVID hit, we had 1,800 runners at wow. the Chicago Marathon. Wow. Almost one in five runners at the race wow. was wearing a Team World Vision orange jersey, raising money for clean water. But LA Marathon, Twin Cities Marathon, New York City Marathon, you know, we have uh, Kansas City, Grand Rapids, Detroit. We have teams all over the United States training for, training together, mm -hmm. and running for marathons. Lots of these teams come together through their church, where uh, we'll launch a team on a Sunday morning, invite people to stick around after church, mm -hmm. and uh, learn about what it would take to train for a marathon or a half marathon. But then what happens is when you sign up, so you pick your race, then we give you a training program, and then we give you a fundraising page. Mm -hmm. And the cost to provide sustainable clean water to one person is about $50. Mm -hmm. So you set a goal. You go, you know what? I'm going to raise enough money for, you know, 100 kids, 500 wow. kids, 1,000 kids to have access to clean water. And then we help you fundraise. And then we, we uh, if you're at one of our big events, you actually train together at yeah. one of our training locations. And then it, it's just a huge party on race day, believe it or not. I mean... You know, so maybe one day, okay, yeah. I've ran the Marine Corps Marathon four times. Yep. So maybe one day you'll uh, you'll you'll run the Marine Corps Marathon and we'll make this one happen. I would love it. I would love that. So it'd be fun. Let's talk about um, lessons learned through COVID. Now mm -hmm. this was big races. You know, any, anybody who's a runner knows that we just went virtual mm -hmm. in 2020, latter part of 2020, or any time since March. You know, and then 2021, we're still virtual for the most part. There's a couple of races now in the fall that are starting to let you run on site, right? So yeah. what? how has COVID impacted all of this? Because I, you know, I hear from yeah. church friends, right? And so church friends, some churches are doing really well with COVID. I mean, they, not with COVID, but as a result, you know, they're, they're not doing in-house services, but their giving is stayed yeah. high, right? Yeah. Has that been the case with you guys? And what, what are some, what, what, how is the world different now in global poverty as a result of COVID? Yeah, it was, uh, 2020 was a, uh, it took a devastating toll on people living in the poorest communities in the world. So for two decades straight, we had been making significant progress globally in the fight against poverty. Um, in other words, fewer and fewer people every year were living in abject extreme poverty. Mm -hmm. 2020 was the first year in 20 years wow. that global poverty got worse. Um, just to... Think about in terms of the inconveniences and real painful struggles people here in the U.S. have had. Lost jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Reduced paychecks, whatever. Lots of our friends and family have seen, those people in our own communities right. have seen the impact 
of uh, the toll that it's taken on our economy, right? Um, restaurants shut down, businesses going, you know, small businesses uh, closing their doors for good. Mm. But the the toll has been greatest on the people the f- closest to the margins, mm. the people living in uh, the most challenging circumstances. And so we we have seen people at the edge of starvation pushed over the edge. We've seen people who are in communities that are waiting on access to clean water. They're going to have to wait another two or three years now mm. because funding isn't there. Um, you know, at World Vision, we've seen some really great things and some challenging things. One of the great things is uh, we had one of our lowest cancellation rates ever. Yeah. Meaning our people that are sponsoring kids through World Vision stayed with us. Mm. They didn't drop their child sponsorships. Even right. people were losing their jobs. They said, I'm hanging on to that. So high commitment level from donors. That was great. The biggest challenge is that, you know, I now lead all of our teams that work with churches. We had to cancel like 70 church events oh, last wow. year wow. during the summer yeah. um, where we would have seen thousands upon thousands of children get sponsored. That funding would have gone to help these communities. Those events didn't happen because churches weren't gathering. And so um, that was devastating. Pretty much 100% of those churches have rebooked. And mm-hmm. so we now have well over 120 huge events that are going to be happening at churches over the next six months mm-hmm. like to to lean in and i've seen this what you just shared lots of churches have said our our finances are doing okay yeah. giving has stayed solid um even that even though we've been meeting online they've been able to reduce some expenses here and there but um so i've seen my friends that are pastors responding well and they're actually showing up big for us now mm-hmm. they're going you know what? We're doing all right. We need to turn our attention and help others. Right. And so that's been really exciting. And then with the marathon space, I'll tell you what, the Team World Vision folks, both our staff on Team World Vision and the runners, just blew me away this past mm-hmm. year. We made all sorts of shifts. So in cities where the marathons were canceled, which is pretty much everywhere sure. in the fall, we had thousands of people sign up with us to do alternative events. Mm-hmm. And that took two different forms. One is we did, those who were training for a marathon or half marathon, we offered a seven-day 6K, six kilometers a day for seven straight days as a do-it-yourself event on your own. And then in cities where we were able to, we actually hosted our own marathons with up to 50 people per location. So in Chicago, we had 600 people run a marathon in Chicago on Chicago Marathon Weekend. There you go. Of groups of 10 to 50 people each. Right. And uh, I got to be in our downtown location with about 50 runners. And it was just amazing. These folks who had signed up for one of the world's, you know, a world-class Chicago Marathon, right. they right. weren't going to get that. And they still kept running on behalf of these right. kids anyway. Why do you think people are doing that? I mean, I know this is kind of a subjective question, but why yeah. do you think that people are saying, you know, what's the hook, okay? What's the hook with... Uh, with a sponsorship, you talk about you know the, mm-hmm. the young girl that you sponsor. You know, yeah. well, what's the hook for sponsorship that causes a person to say, "I'll give up four trips to Starbucks this week, or to my favorite coffee place yeah. this week, or, or you know, to to my fast food restaurant, you know, to Chick Fil A or whatever, to put that money here." You know, I think that what's the hook and what's the reality of it? Those are those. There's a lot of answers to that. Yeah. Why do people initially make the decision? Um, there's a lot of reasons. Some people. Uh, out of conviction, some mm-hmm. people out of responsibility. Um, what I've come to learn is um, this idea of family, mm-hmm. right? So I shared, you know, we shared, I've lost uh, everyone in the family I was born into, 
Wow. You know, my, both my parents and both my brothers. I'm 45 years old, to put it in perspective. So from 25 to 45, I lost my entire birth family. Uh, but as I look at the example Jesus set for us, um, I believe we're called to view one another as family, hmm. right? As brothers and sisters. Jesus talks about, uh, in, in Matthew 25, he he invites us. He says, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, it's like you did it for me. And I always look at that verse as, as Jesus saying, those who the world has cast out as the least, I call my family. Mm-hmm. Right? So you mentioned my sponsor child, Maureen, is this little girl in Kenya who I met when she was three. She's 13 now. Wow. She's this amazing kid. When I met her, life was pretty bleak in her community. Yeah. Child mortality was 50%. That meant that Maureen only had a 50-50 shot of seeing her fifth birthday, right? No access to clean water. She had to walk three, four miles down a mountain and back several times a day to get water that wasn't even safe to drink. Most of the girls in her community weren't going to school. They were out fetching water. Um, Most of the families didn't have enough food to eat. And so you're looking at that going, uh, all the pain and heartache I've been Mm -hmm. through doesn't even begin to compare with the conditions our brothers and sisters mm. around the world are living mm. in the pain and hurt and heartache. And so the, the thing that God has taught me is that there's often very little I can do about my own pain, but there's always something I can do to help relieve the pain of others. And kind of the next step of that is that I'm not the hero in that story. So when you talk about like motivation, sure. I think some people sign up maybe to sponsor a child because it makes them feel good about themselves, yeah. right? They're like, you know, I'm going to help this kid. I'm the one coming in and, and providing some resources. And, and there is something to that. Uh, as, as a believer, as a, as a follower of Christ, I need to understand that the resources I have are not of my own merit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is this, it's really challenging, especially in kind of our you-can-have-anything-you-want culture. Mm-hmm. If I have it, it's mine. Mm-hmm. I earned it. I deserve to do whatever I want with it. Right. That's my money. But as a believer, that's not true. That's not your money. Mm-hmm. That everything you have is but by the grace of God. It's been entrusted to you. It's been entrusted to me to do and accomplish God's purposes in this world. And if there are people who don't have food to eat or don't have water to drink, how could I use my resources? Not my, how can I use the resources God entrusted sure. me to, sure. you know, with to help others? But I think the surprise in the whole thing is that we wind up meeting Jesus in those mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of just being the person serving in those relationships, we wind up being served. We wind mm-hmm. up, gain, you know, I, I would say my relationship with all five of my World Vision sponsored children, it's a mutually beneficial relationship. I get way more than I give mm-hmm. from, from those relationships. And a lot of it is just in my changed worldview. Sure. That they help me, you know, I, I met Maureen, my sponsor child, a year after my brother David died during mm-hmm. this dark, hopeless kind of period Mm -hmm. and I went to this rural village in Kenya to meet her and her mom and her family and it just put put everything into perspective right so so recently you were at the University Chapel and at University Chapel you launched uh, this new idea called Chosen so Mm -hmm. whenever um, typically you know sponsorships have always been you got these cards and you you know, um, give this speech at a church and people go out into the, the foyer, you know, or the, or the atrium or whatever, and they get a card, right? Yeah. But you've, you've, uh, you and your, your team have created this idea called Chosen, which is really interesting. Yeah. I see a direct biblical connection to that idea and that concept. Yeah. 
bring us up to speed on that if, if you can and tell us about Chosen and what does that look like for uh, possibly other schools or universities that might want to be partners of this. Yeah. Well, first of all, this is this is the first time we did it at a university. Yeah. It's a pretty new idea. Right after it launched, we hit COVID. Yeah. But we really believe at World Vision that this um, is a Holy Spirit-led movement. Mm-hmm. And where it came from was at World Vision, uh, a group of leaders at World Vision started just asking deep questions, right? And one of those deep questions was, what could we do from the very beginning of a a sponsor's relationship with their sponsor child? What could we do to better reflect that child's God-given inherent dignity, Mm -hmm. right? And part of affirming dignity in people is making sure they have the power to make choices in their life, right? A lot of us experience... Is that, is that a new book you're about to write? Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. But um, this idea that um, choice is a privilege. Having choices to make, getting to decide what you're going to eat for breakfast. Today, I like this, man. Right? Yeah. Not The majority of people in the world do not get to choose what they're going to have for breakfast today. You know what they're eating? Rice and beans. That's yep. what they're eating. Yep. Right? Ugali, that's what they're eating. That's what's for breakfast. And yeah. you know what? There is no lunch today. There is no dinner today. Mm-hmm. You know what? We get to choose what we're going to have at Starbucks or what we're going to have for a, our coffee today or our soda. The majority of the world does not have that choice. Mm-hmm. We get to choose what university we're going to go to. The majority of the world does not have that choice. So the idea of choosing things for ourselves, things for our own future, it's a privilege. It's a really, um, and it's empowering. When you have, the more choices you have, the more empowered you feel. Um, And so we said, what would it look like if we put the power to choose into the child's hands? Instead of us inviting people to go out and look at pictures of kids and who they want to sponsor, we said, what if we let the kids choose? Yeah. And it was pretty powerful. So what we did, literally, we didn't know how we were going to pull it off. And so in our conversation, we said, we could literally just use a Polaroid camera if we wanted to. Yeah. It's not what we did. We set up some photo booths at a church, mm-hmm. uh, Soul City Church in downtown Chicago, Illinois. That's where we tried it for the first time. My good friends, Jarrett and Jeannie Stevens. And uh, we invited their church to say, sign up, get your picture taken, and we're going to have a choosing party in Kenya this week. Yeah. And hundreds of people signed up. And what we did, and what we do now is we take your picture or your family picture, and then we gather hundreds of those, and then in a community where World Vision's working, we have a big choosing party. Yeah. And we let the, we hang these it. pictures up on a wall. I love it. And one at a time, the kids, I've, I've had the privilege, I got to go to one in Guatemala, and I actually got to watch this little girl choose my family. Oh, wow. And it's pretty powerful now because my mom was with me when we signed up to be chosen. It was at Soul City Church um, when we signed up, and... Um, so it was it, it just a powerful experience. You watch this happen right in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And then I traveled to Kenya and got to meet this little girl mm-hmm. that chose my family. But what happens is um, these kids, some of them don't get very many choices at all in sure. their life. right? And so this idea, we explain to them, hey, you're going to be in this special friendship, special relationship with this person who's going to be your sponsor. Yeah. And they're going to write you letters and you can write them letters and they're going to help invest in your community, right? But these kids then, when they choose their sponsor, some of them run right up to the wall. They spot someone, run up and grab it. Some of the kids deliberate for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You got to like, come on, <laughs> pick somebody, right? But they pick the person. Some of the kids laugh. Some of them are in tears about yeah. it. But then we, the child holds their picture. We take that photo wow. and we bring it back to the 
the donor, the sponsor, the next week. And so it's pretty a pretty amazing um, experience. Um, and what we've seen is a lot of times, historically, you could sponsor a child for years and never write that child a letter. Right. They could never even have your photo. Right. Right. If you sent them your photo, guarantee, if you send your, your sponsor child at World Vision your photo, guarantee it will be hanging in their house if you ever, if you ever went to their home. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the most prized things they have. Sure. Is this person who sponsored sure. her. And so, yeah, it, it's been um, even more. The reason we say it's a, a, a Holy Spirit-led movement, it's been even more than we could anyone could have dreamt mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. right? It, it's been a movement of the Holy Spirit and in, in what it does in people's lives. Man, that's really powerful, Michael. And I, I'm excited to hear that because I'm excited to hear that for a couple of reasons. One, I think it just makes this incredibly doable for just about anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody can now make a decision that they're going to support something that's mm-hmm. this trusted, this simple, you know, and this relational. Because yeah. so often it's like it's it's like, yeah, I've got this kid and I'm giving this money and I'm helping, you know, but there's no relationship. Yeah. You know, um, I have three sons and they, they had no choice that I was going to be their dad. They right. just were. It's just the way it worked. You know, right. it's just by luck with your children. You have no choice. Right. That's yeah. that's it. But then my daughter-in-laws, you know, they, my sons chose them, right? And, yeah. then, and then we we choose to love them, you know. But this is powerful, man, as you make yeah. that flip. So uh, yeah. I, th- why did you do that? Why, how did you guys get to that? I know you said you asked a lot of questions, but but really, I guess the bigger question is, what are you seeing as far as that dignity kind of a deal? You know, is this making a difference, not just in that selection of that person, but mm-hmm. how are you seeing that decision-making power in the communities that you're serving now? Because yeah. it seems like that's building both anticipation for that person, for mm-hmm. that community, you know, that, that I get I get to choose now. Yep. And it helps them learn the things that you're teaching crews that yep. they may not naturally get. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. It does. And there's a, there's a few different ways I could answer that. Um, one, we're, one is that I believe Chosen is a reflection of who World Vision already is. Gotcha. We're already an organization about empowering local communities gotcha. and recognizing God-given inherent dignity. When we go into communities, it's by invitation. Uh, 99% of our staff, we have over 40,000 staff working in 100 countries around the world. Wow. And 99% are from the country or region where they serve. So if you go to World Vision Kenya, those are those are Kenyan staff. We have like 1,000 staff in Kenya, and they're all Kenyan, right? They're all... We're not a Western-driven organization sending a bunch of Americans in to save the day. Mm-hmm. So we're already about empowerment. And then our, our local staff, who are experts in their field, agricultural engineers, water engineers, they are working alongside the local leaders yeah. and helping them you know, uh, to own and buy in and lead the projects and the development work so that when World Vision phases out 15 years down the road, mm-hmm. everything is sustainable. But when it comes to... How does it impact the children? So one of the one of the ways that uh, we've seen this kind of manifest is is kind of heartbreaking and inspiring. So at Team World Vision, when someone finishes a marathon, we roll out the literal red carpet, the velvet ropes, red carpet. You I'm come in, that. I'm gonna do that, and you like you can <laughs> dance down the red yeah. carpet. We announce your name. This is William. He yeah. just ran the Chicago Marathon. Yeah. He raised five thousand yeah. dollars. We celebrate. So at the choosing parties, we have red carpet nice. for the kids to walk into this tent or this church or this school, nice. wherever we're doing the choosing party. And um, 
At this party in Uganda, one of our World Vision staff was explaining this to the kids, right? That you can dance your way down. This is for you. This is to honor you. This is to really give you the opportunity to choose. Yeah. And you watch this little video, and this little this little girl is dancing. She's maybe eight years old. She's dancing towards the red carpet. And as she comes towards it, she starts to walk around it. Mm. She won't put her feet on the red carpet. Wow. She walks around the red wow. carpet, starts going around it. And the staff person has to grab her, put her back on the red carpet, and say, no, this is for you. Yeah. This is your day. Wow. You get to be empowered. You get to be honored today. And it was just this, to me, this real crystal clear um, message of what, what some of the children in communities feel about themselves mm -hmm. versus what God believes, mm -hmm. what God, how God loves them. And mm -hmm. how can we just um, do that? And that's I love our staff in the field are doing that. These community leaders, these pastors that's in these powerful. communities are doing that. Yeah. But it's just, it's a, to me... The opportunity to choose that sponsor, it sets a totally different tone mm -hmm. for the relationship for both parties, like right. you said. So within a week, you're going to get a letter back from this kid telling you why they sponsored you, and you're going to see their picture, and now they got your picture, you got their picture, you right. got a letter from them. Awesome. You better believe you're going to be like, i got to write this kid, yeah, right? for sure. The, 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 it, to me, it accelerates the friendship. It accelerates the relationship to yeah. an immediate connection that covers the chasm of thousands of miles of ocean, mm -hmm. totally different, you know, lifestyles and um, living conditions sure. and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, this child, this idea that, you know, our former president of World Vision, Rich Stearns, um, talked about there's no such thing as other people's kids. Mm. And this idea of, you know, when my brothers died, they both had four kids they left behind that I love with all my heart, my nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. I love my son with all my heart. Yeah. This idea that God is calling me to love this little girl in Kenya, our sponsored child in uh, in Rwanda, our sponsored child in Guatemala, calling me to love those kids the same way I do my mm -hmm. own family. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's, and the cool thing is, I know these families love me too. Sure. They're Absolutely. praying for me. Absolutely. Right? Michael, this has been a great episode. We've got just a couple minutes left on this episode, right? Yeah. What What else is um, important that we need to know coming out of Team World Vision that we need to know is coming out of? You work with a lot of churches. You know, what do we need to know? How can a, a church connect with you guys? How can people reach out to you? What can we do to... Uh, to get more folks on the on the pavement per se, you know, as we talk about, they're partnering with you guys. Right on. Well, and ways yeah. that you're serving us. Yep. Well, one thing is anyone can sign up to be chosen yeah. uh, on your own. You can just go to worldvision.org and there'll be a link there. You can sign up yeah. to be chosen and we do a choosing party like every few weeks somewhere yeah. in the world. So an individual That's can awesome. sign up to be chosen. If your church, if you want to get your church involved, yeah. um, you can actually send your pastor to worldvision.org slash church uh, and get connected that way. We actually have um, senior church advisors all over the country. But if you're a pastor right now and you're listening and you want to consider doing Chosen, just reach out directly to me on Facebook. Yeah, right? Go. Michael mm -hmm. Scott Chitwood. I know Michael Scott, uh, the yeah. office wasn't out when my parents named go. me, but <laughs> if you look on Facebook, Michael Scott Chitwood, you'll find me. If you're a pastor, shoot yeah. me a message, and I will connect you yeah. to our local senior church advisor That's about awesome. hosting a chosen at your church. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think a, a couple things just as we're, you know, seeing some light at the end of the tunnel of COVID, this pandemic we're yep. living in, we're still... 
you know, for marathoners, I say we're not even to mile 20 yet. No. Right? We got some hard miles yeah. ahead of us. Yeah. A few things I would say is to love on your pastor. Yeah. Right? Pastors have been through a really hard year and they haven't known what to do all the time and they're tired and exhausted and a little gift card to your pastor, a way to show yeah. them some love and care right now yeah. would just go a long way. Uh, as I work with pastors all over the country, you know, uh, they hear the squeaky wheels all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like that worship song. Why do we make this decision? Why do we make that decision? But pastors need people in their congregation to be champions for them mm -hmm. and to love on them and care for them. So that's one big thing I'd say. Perfect. Yeah. And then, you know, certainly we can be loving on our neighbors and our those in our community. Yeah. But I would just say, you know, that whole thing of um, the ability to endure, you know, you're talking about, uh, we often want God to make it easy. Yeah. But he usually doesn't do that, right? But I, he's with us. He'll, he'll help us get through it. And so don't waste sure. this time that what's got, what can God teach us right now in mm -hmm. the heart, mm -hmm. in the hard spaces? And I think that's very important, you know, that whole enduring peace. I, I recently spoke a message in, or preached at a church, and I, I used this acronym, the word SAFE, and I talked about, you know, everybody wants to be safe in the world today. Safety is on the mindset of everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, it's on the front, front mind of everybody. And I talked about submitting to God, aligning with Scripture, fighting um, like a girl, actually, you know, overcoming the devil. Mm -hmm. And then the, the last one was endure. You know, man, I'm 57, just turned 57 a couple of weeks ago. And I, I'm at a, at, a, at a stage in my life, I feel good. I'm, I can still run, you know. I'm, I'm just now getting back on my feet to, to plan a couple of races this year. I think anybody can do it. You know, I think that yeah. there's a way that all of us can do something more and do something better, yeah. you know. So, Michael, thank you for joining us. I'm, I'm looking to see Cruz somewhere on American Ninja Warrior at some point in life. Yep. And uh, now, Danny, she finally finished her Ph.D., is that correct? She is I done know, with her coursework. She's done with her coursework. Yep. She's working on her dissertation right okay. now. So, okay. that's, you, you know, that's a big old process. So, she's, she's yeah. working on her dissertation, Yep, my wife, and she's working full-time. And, uh, and then we've been doing e-learning all year yep. in our community with crews at home there for first go. grade. So. There you go. Yeah. So if you're listening to this episode, pray for Danny to finish well. Pray for yeah. Cruz. Pray for Michael. Pray for yeah. kids around the world. And uh, reach out to World Vision because I believe that this is an incredibly um, moving mechanism that God is using to, to connect people around the globe that can make an impact in the world. Hey, man, thanks for joining us thanks today. Thanks for okay? having me. We appreciate it. As always, guys, let me remind you, you're made for more. When you think about this episode, go back and listen to it. Share it with a friend. Rate us. It helps us. And also recognize that you can be part of the chosen party next. Reach out. Have a great day.